Welcome back, everyone, to the Pandola Project. This is your Monday motivation, and I'm Matt Pandola. And I am Jake Parker. We're here again on a Monday to give you a dose of motivation. Today, we are talking about what makes a good teacher, Matt. Yeah, Jake, did you ever have a teacher in your life that really influenced you? You look back and you think, wow, I was so lucky to have him or her in my life. I absolutely did. It was Mrs. Porter, freshman biology at Reno High. Shout out to you, Mrs. Porter. I remember her specifically because I had never been good at any form of science. This was a biology class, so I was a little intimidated. I remember her being one of my favorites, though, because she smiled when I asked dumb questions. (laughs) So she never made me feel stupid for asking things that I really didn't know, but to someone else, it might have been a dumb question. And that inspired me to eventually go on to take AP biology. So I ended up actually becoming pretty good at it, but it was because she didn't give up on me or make me feel inferior. By doing that, she gave you permission, I think, to be able to grow, respond, to your environment. And when you're afraid to ask questions or you feel like you're going to be ridiculed, then you stop learning so much. In my opinion, you start to just guard yourself and you just want to answer the questions that you already know so you can sound smart. And that to me isn't learning. Yeah. Or when you just feel like an inconvenience, like Jake's confused again. So why was she such a good teacher though? Well, she had that empathy to understand that I was coming from a different place than maybe some of the other students. I needed something else. I think you also have to have a lot of patience, which really is a part of empathy. She definitely did. Sometimes being patient is difficult, but I have to remember that even when I'm having a bad day, I'm frustrated. I can't take that out on people around me, especially my daughter might be somebody that I'm a teacher for before I even walk out the door. Of course, athletes that I am privileged to serve, I get to be a teacher for them. But taking a minute to take a breath and clear my mind and remind myself that it's time to serve when those moments come up, even just taking a moment to do that, I think can help. That empathy and that patience are crucial for anyone who's looking up to you as a source of authoritative information. They are going to really acknowledge when you're patient and kind to them. And I think learning to do that, that does not come from a book. No. And we have to remember that everybody has a different experience and they have backgrounds that maybe we're not fully aware of. So part of being patient is understanding that they might not learn the same way we learn, and they might also have other things in their life that are pretty difficult, and they're looking to you to help them. So I try to remind myself, I've got an opportunity to serve somebody, and this might improve their lives, give them an opportunity to gravitate to higher levels, and I could potentially be a spark to help them to do that. They still have to have the fuel to feed that fire, but this might be one of those flip the switch moments. And am I serving that person properly? 
And that's such a big responsibility. What do you do when you may not be feeling that at the moment? Like maybe you get interrupted by someone who's looking at at you as an authority figure. I try to remember what it is that I'm there to do and am I present in that moment? So taking a breath, as I mentioned, I think that that grounds me or centers me a little bit more. And then sometimes thinking about my own past when I was really frustrated because I was overlooked by teachers who just didn't think that I was focused. They didn't take the time to understand me. They didn't take the time to realize that maybe I had, yes, a learning disorder, but that was an opportunity for them as well as for me. And I didn't always get that opportunity with teachers who judged me. So I try to remind myself, I'm not here to judge you and it's my time to serve you. If I'm not ready to be there and be present in that time, Yeah, Matt, you've mentioned in previous podcasts that you eventually learned that you do have a form of ADD, right? Correct. And did you have a teacher when you were growing up that took the particular amount of time to help you through whatever you needed? Because you're going to be different and your learning style is going to be different from other kids in class. I did. Mr. Ellis is the first teacher that really stands out in my mind. And... That wasn't until I was in 11th grade, Jake. That was when I took anatomy and physiology and Mr. Ellis saw that I was failing all of his quizzes. And yet here I was this runner and he thought, why can't this runner use running and his gait to understand how the body works? So he took that time and he had that patience with me. And when he first sat down with me, I was guarded and I was resistant. And I was just trying to answer the questions that I knew were right, but I wasn't really willing to expose myself. And I didn't want him to know what I didn't know, but he wouldn't have any of that. So it came down to him going through my running gait with me and breaking down how the body works and how I am actually using my muscles in a chain in order to create that elastic energy for my rating and my gait. And that really interests me. And that was the spark I needed. He took the time to do that for me. So when I have those opportunities now to serve others, I also remind myself, somebody took the time to do that with me. And I need to pay it forward. This is an opportunity for me to serve others now like I was served. And any moment could potentially be that moment for that kid. Right. So I don't think that we are always going to be perfect. Obviously, there are going to be times when we're not our best selves. But even then, there's opportunities. So I'll admit, sometimes as a coach, I know I'm a little bit off that day. I know that I'm a little bit short. And I think vulnerability is what also makes a good teacher. I'm willing to be vulnerable with my athletes, which I wasn't always willing to be. So with my background, I had experiences with leaders that I would say were adverse. Sometimes it was tough love and I felt like I had to be more militant in order to get 
my athletes tough and responsive, but also to respect me. And what I realize now that vulnerability with your athletes will actually gain you more trust and respect, and they're more likely to shine. They're going to let their own true selves come out because they're not intimidated around you. And that's when you start to really get some real results as a teacher. I understand that you obviously have to be militant sometimes, but if you have to be either one or the other, I would say go with the vulnerable, the human side. Optimally, you would probably have a mixture of the two. Obviously, has to be some structure. Exactly. That's a part of the process for sure. Athletes who are committed and they know that they have to, for instance, be consistent, do what they say they're going to do, have a little bit more responsibility and what I call mental flexibility. Those things are part of the process. And so, sure, I can be a little bit more strict sometimes when I know that they've learned these lessons and don't give me the excuses. So I don't think that excuses are okay. There's a difference there. But when I know that my athletes are doing the best they can, Sometimes they're failing, and that's where I need to support them the most. As long as they are trying, I need to support them so that they can learn from that experience. And I know my athletes that have achieved any modicum of success that they are personally proud of, that is all the difference in being a good teacher. And speaking of success, that's pretty subjective. Success can be defined differently depending on you, your circumstances, your goals. That's got to be important for any kind of a teacher or a coach to understand that success is not going to mean the same thing for every athlete or student. So what is the experience and education behind our learning? What is the process to our success? That should be a balance to me. What you're experiencing should be with what I kind of refer to as purposeful practice. So there is some range in experience and education. I think that learning is a different process and has to be done in a different way for different people. How they are educated, that to me is an interesting topic because There was a study that I'm recalling where a group of students were given material that the teacher was sort of hinting the answers to, and they were told to try to learn this material as quickly as possible, but the teacher kept kind of hinting them towards the answer. After a while, these students learned the answers, but they didn't really understand the why. So another group of students was given the same task. Instead, they were explained the why and no hints. They had help from the teacher, the way a good teacher does support that process, but they weren't given hints like that and they weren't given the answers. They were given the why, in other words, the explanation of how to find the proper answer. Those two groups of students were tested And at the end of the day, the group that actually was given the hints and really got the answers right but didn't understand the why tested better. The other group tested much more poorly. 
But what's interesting about this is further on down the line, when they were tested again, the group that understood the why now tested better, even on topics that they had not previously been taught because they had mental flexibility to figure out the answer because they ultimately understood the why or the root on how to get to that answer. Sort of like the teach a man to fish, the parable. Right. So that's why I really believe in the why. Know your why. For myself, with my own history, as you mentioned with ADD, I accept the fact that I'm going to probably have to work a little bit harder to learn, but my why is strong. I can learn the information maybe through several steps. So say I have a book, an anatomy book. I'm going to read about anatomy trains. This is going to help me serve my athletes better if I can understand how they move better. So I'm going to read that book, but as I'm reading, I'm going to let myself have that initial step of understanding the material, but without a lot of judgment. In other words, I don't try to learn it all when I just sit there and read it for the first time, even though other people might be able to have that more photographic memory, but I know me. Then I'm going to read it again, but now I'm going to highlight the parts that I need to understand or really want to remember. Then I'm going to go back to those highlights. I'm going to write pen to paper. I'm going to write those highlights down, but not necessarily word for word. I'm going to write it down in terms that I understand. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to record what I wrote. Then once it's recorded, it's now in a log that I can listen back to. Oh, audio record. Oh, interesting technique. And so that has worked and served me very well. In turn, I've been able to serve my athletes much better. So that is just an example to me about how I can have some purposeful practice, not trying to have the same study habits as somebody else, but understanding what works for me, but it might take me more steps. But once I learn that material, even if a lot of time has gone by, I tend to have that material seeped in, if you will. And it doesn't take much for me to recall it. That's pretty impressive. My grandfather taught me something basically the same. You first read it, then you write it down, and then you type it. And that was my advice for when I went to college. Yeah. So, of course, if somebody has a more photographic memory or if they're really good academically, that's fantastic. And that serves them, that works for them. But where I used to see myself as being weak or having a weakness or some sort of disorder, now I actually, man, this happened for me mm-hmm. because I'll find myself talking. I'm not comparing here, Jake, but I'll find myself talking to somebody that's also in my profession, for example. And I know that they went to school for four years in exercise science or kinesiology or their physical therapists. And they sometimes might not even recall some of the information that they cram for or that they learned quickly and easier than I did. And I can recall that information because my process took longer, but now 
I've learned to have it serve me well throughout my entire career. So now I see it as a strength. I'm much happier with my process and it doesn't discourage me because I know that I'm going to be able to continue to build off of what I've learned. I probably don't remember all of it, or I know I don't remember all of it. Of course. But I think that I'm able to layer what I learn a little bit better, and that's actually become an advantage to me. And like your story with the kids, if you understand the why and the process, you're much better served in the long term. That doesn't mean that we're denigrating people with degrees. Of course, that matters a lot. But I think Matt's point is that not having that degree doesn't mean that you don't know the information. There are other ways to learn. There are other routes to that knowledge. Yeah, and no matter how you learn, as long as it's serving you, that's you. Can you see the forest through the trees? Yeah, so in my opinion, Jake, a good teacher is going to help that student get through that forest to get to the top of the mountain, but they're not going to lead them up the path. Even though the teacher knows what the route that they have taken is, that's giving them the answers. Instead, they're going to teach them how to read a map. They're going to get them to understand how to follow a compass. They're going to get them understanding their why and their root of the knowledge so that when the teacher says halfway through, which is like in life, like I'm no longer going to be your teacher, you're moving on to this next path in your life, but you still got to get to that mountaintop. But I know I've done my best to serve you. You're going to be fine. You're not going to get lost. I know you can do this because you have learned the why. You have learned the root knowledge that you needed in order to follow your path. That was really well said, Matt. And we'd love to hear from you about an experience you may have had with a great teacher in your life, or maybe you were the teacher and you have some tips for us. You can send us an email, pendolaproject at gmail.com. Remember, The Pendola Project is on Facebook. We'd really appreciate if you give us a like there. We're also on Instagram, and you can write a review on your podcast app. Every day, not just today, is a chance to be a teacher, to serve others, to make a difference. Thanks for listening.